the latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello and welcome back to a new year and a new 442 Insider podcast. I'm publisher Andy Jackson. Joining me is editor Trevor Trahan. Hello. And web guru, newsbreaker extraordinaire, photographer extraordinaire, Lubo's best mate, Aidan Norman. <laughs> Hello. What Go an on, intro that is, Aidan. Oh. That's, well, we are going to struggle to keep this to an hour, but we'll do our best. So much to talk about. Where do we start? Let's start with... Asian Cup, Socceroos versus India, first up match, as expected, a comfortable victory, 4-0 in the end, Ado, happy with that, was that par, under par, over par? I think, I think the first thing I'd say is it just reminded me of the days when we played in Oceania, where we had these sorts of games all the time, where you play an opposition that's so completely outclassed, you kind of beat them, but you don't beat them by a cricket score. Look, I think we got the job done. Um, We could have scored maybe a few more in the second half, but I think they're probably holding themselves back for the big one, which is obviously Korea. tomorrow night. Trev, do you you agree with that? I mean, it it is difficult. There was certainly a lot more intensity in the first half from the Socceroos than there was in the second. Obviously, he made the three changes, which seemed to to affect the balance of the team as well. Yeah. was that a concern? You know, are we seeing again the fact that the Socceroos have got a good team but not a good squad? As in, you know, when they don't have the players that come in and slot straight in and there is that sort of stutter when we make changes as they regroup and they reassess things. And certainly, second half was not as fluid and, and not as intensive as the first half. Yeah, sure. I think it would be worse the other way around. I think we started well, we got a lead. And we sat back a little bit, and you know it's only a group stage game. Yeah. You know we're not through to the knockout stages. The reaction to it's been you know quite strange actually because you know we won four nil. Everyone's saying that we should have won double that. It's interesting you say par. I think four nil is about par. Against yeah, yeah, it's not spectacular. Mm. It's not yeah. disappointing. It, you know it's about right. And it's it's your opening game as well. No sendings off, which is great for, yeah. for the soccer room. <laughs> That's a rarity. So we've got no one suspended and we've got no one injured. Yeah. So I'd say. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Yeah, four nil. Yeah. Look, it's fine. No yeah. injuries, no suspension. And the reaction is strange. I mean, some people are sort of criticising the playing style, some the scoreline. But um, you know, if you look at major nations in major tournaments, they'll often you know start like that. You know, in the group stages, and, and then get moving and swatting aside a small team by not as big a margin as perhaps they should. Doesn't really matter. Let, let's get out the group stages, like we'd always say at the World Cup, and then. Take it from there, but the, the the big ones tomorrow night, obviously. Yeah, and just just casting a, a quick eye over some of the other games, Ada, mm. any that have sort of, any teams that have really sort of come to your attention? Obviously, Japan, mm. you know, lucky to lucky in a way. I mean, although they did, they, did, they create some good chances, but you, you know, you'd always say an injury time equaliser as the Socceroos started in Thailand. <laughs> yeah. you know, um, so have Japan started against Jordan, you know, but you. you tip them to get stronger is there is there anyone that that you weren't expecting that sort of caught the eye yet well i've been on the syrian bandwagon for a while ever since i (laughs) i I saw uh what does that mean (laughs) (laughs) i want that on my business card how much did you have on them and what odds did you get that's the that's the only way i will believe someone who says things like that is when they can show me the betting slip and go here it is now look ever since i I watched al karam or al al a few years ago go virtually all the way in, in the, um, the Asian Champions League. There's something about Syrian football that I just really like. 
and uh, seeing the crowds back in Damascus when they played in that semi-final. It was amazing. So um, I wasn't surprised they did well. Um, and you, I think you can definitely see West Asian nations in a West Asian Asian Cup doing well. We've seen Jordan, we've seen Syria, um, and I think Saudi Arabia will still do okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think for me the West Asians have done quite well, and I've really enjoyed watching them. Yeah, um, Uzbekistan, Trev, yep. you know, started well. They're, you know, they're all but certain to qualify. Now having won both their opening games, and in um, Jeparov probably one of the best players of the tournament so far yeah. who, who we did actually pick as our uh, man to watch in the Asian Cup preview essential guide isn't it the Asian Cup um, yeah I don't think it's that big a surprise the, you know, the results haven't been as you know, good for them in recent years but there's no doubt in the set of players that they've got there um, so I, f- I felt they're always going to go into the tournament with a, a reasonable chance of doing well I thought Q8 might do better actually um, because mm. they, they had some reasonable pre- pre-tournament results and uh, well, they've lost their opening two games, didn't they? So they're gone. But um, yeah, Uzbekistan, you'd imagine, would would top that group and, and be someone worth avoiding. And off the pitch, Ado, obviously, you know, there's a, there's a lot of focus uh, globally, not just from here, on on the Asian Cup for once because of the Qatar 2022 decision. People are looking at it. There was a piece uh, that Owen Slot from the Times wrote that the Australian reproduced today. Um, you know, where he's talking about, you know, it's not a great dress rehearsal, you know, the crowds are very small, it's very cheap to go, I think it's like equivalent of a dollar to go. We've seen a big, as you would expect, you know, Qatar are getting 30,000 plus, and then we're seeing 3,000, 7,000. Um, what have you made of that? I mean, you know, what if Qatar don't get out of the group? Will we see crowds of 3,000 for the rest of the tournament, yeah. or do you think that they will get behind it as it gets to the knockout stages? I think um, we've seen in the past uh, you know, crowds in Qatar have never been huge anyway. Um, and I think, it, it, I think the issue is going to be that when you have a World Cup in that part of the world, you're going to have to rely on the travelling fans. So if there are smaller stadiums, um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help. But I think overall, look, um, this is the Asian Cup. This is not the World Cup. So it's not going to be attracting anywhere near the sort of fans who are going to come from Australia or Uzbekistan or wherever. So I think you just got to expect that for an Asian Cup. It still doesn't have anywhere near the cachet of a World Cup or even a European Championships. So, you know, you have to expect that. Yeah, uh, I don't think people should be expecting any, anything else. To say that the crowds are small, well, yeah, we kind of expected it. It did make me think, I wonder what the crowds would be in Australia, yeah, especially no, for those, for those that, lesser yeah. games. I mean, how much better would they be? I don't think they'd be huge. I think they'd be better than that, but, you know, I don't think they'd all be in sort of 10,000 above or anything. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think stadium size will be an issue when we have the Asian Cup here. You know, what stadiums are we going to use? You know, imagine if it was because they played Kuwait at the ANZ Stadium. True. Yeah. All right, uh, we're going to leave the Asian Cup for there. We'll come back to it uh, in the final part where we preview Socceroos versus South Korea, which is the big game tomorrow night, our time, midnight, 12.15 kickoff. Um, let's talk A-League. Let's do a quick... Obviously, there's been a lot of A-League football since we've been off air. Um, let's just pre-review round 22, week 22. It's difficult to know where we are. There's rescheduled matches, split rounds. Um, obviously now there's going to be flood-affected games that have been reorganised. Um, but let's go back to last Friday. Brisbane drew with Perth glory. Um, you probably say Brisbane were disappointed. <laughs> Hugely disappointed. That's a real surprise, isn't it? We talk about the 
you know, lack of lock-in results in the A-League. But you'd have that one, wouldn't you, Brisbane? Brisbane, Perth. I actually wasn't surprised that Perth did okay because they had a lovely rest. They are, I think they had like I think eight or nine days rest. So they'd gone through their heavy period um, and they're going to a club that's playing in a lot of games. So I think, I think it didn't entirely surprise me that they got something out of it. But um, I think last night made up for that game in, uh, in Central Coast. Hmm. Uh, Sydney uh, continued their, uh, their winning streak with a 2 0 win against Gold Coast United with um, new signing, new finish signing, uh, Hugh, Hugh Ho, Michaela. Hugh Ho. Hugh Ho. Um, Hero opening and account, coming on a substitute, opening account, and then we saw the, the, the scenes of the, the, the concerning scenes at the time of the barrier collapsing onto Matthew German's leg. Um, I love the way you're saying it's concerning whilst it's kind of half laughing. Well, it's, it would have just been, it would have just been like Sydney's Sydney luck, season, yeah, yeah. Win a game and then the, the fans put the, the promising centre back who's just come in out of the season. <laughs> I think it was that sight of it when he got up and his shin pad had broken and it's like, it looked like it was his leg for a minute. Um, but anyway, I mean, you know, they're not out of it. You know, Shannon Cole has come out and said on the site today, you know, he said they've got six cup finals to, mm. to, to have a chance of creeping into the finals. I mean, could they yet salvage something from this season, Trev? Could they? Yes. Will they? No, I don't think so. I yeah. think it's a little bit too big a gap to bridge for a team that hasn't been consistently good all season. That, that great result against Gold Coast because, you know, they've been going well. Um, but yeah, I, I think that Sydney will will fall short. The champions' curse continue. I should also say I went to training yesterday, and Matt German's leg it only has bruising, so there was no twist in it at all. So it was just bruising, and he trained fine yesterday. So uh, he'll play on the they weekend. Desperately yeah. needed that kind of injection of youth at the back, didn't they? And he's yeah. done well, hasn't he, since he came in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and what's what's interesting is, is that the it seems like German coming in has given Keller a bit more sort of you know, solidity back there as well, you know. And, yeah. And, and they seem to work well as a pair. Yeah, and, and it's also given Ryle a chance to play in this creative midfield role coming off the bench later in the game. I think he's done really well. I mean, every time he slipped the ball through for Michaela the week before when he came on, he looked fantastic in that central role. So there's been two actual advantages to him moving in on top of the fact that he's played really well. It's just a, right, a difference having someone in the city midfield that passes the ball forwards. Well, that's right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, North Queensland Fury, you know, you can't help but thinking that they're, they've sort of given up a little bit, I feel. Um, you know, all the, 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 the future of the club is still not certain. And you can't blame them for this. You know, it's, it's like they don't know what they're playing for. They don't know whether they're going to be there next season. Um, they've had back-to-back defeats. You know, they're, they're back to rock bottom. Um, what do you think, Trev? Have they dropped Justin Patchfield to the bench now, and they're trying out a new goalkeeper? Is that right? No, well, they're, they're, they're what they because he's leaving, the, isn't the he? The spin that they've told me is that they're rotating their squad to give everyone a chance. Right. Um, so that Usai's come in. Um, I think his name Usai. Um, but I think it's a disgrace that that one club is at such a disadvantage in this league mm. that they don't know who they're going to play for next year. They don't know if the club's going to be around. I think it's absolute disgrace. It's a bizarre setup, isn't it? Because, you know, the players have got no security. You almost feel like if you're a player, your only motivation would be to play well so that you could get a move to a stable A-league club. Yeah. Now, how is that going to affect team morale when you're trying and, to get results as well? And off the well, pitch, you know, do you really want to come and 
put your weight behind that when you know that the, basically the players are playing for a route out of the club. Yeah. But you can't. But the fans won't blame the players. You know, it's not their fault. You yeah, know? clear, clear for on goal, easier to square it. You know, you're just going to shoot, aren't you? Well, I'm going to try and get a goal and work my way out of this yeah. club. It's it's just not going to work. Yeah, so it's a tough situation, um, and you know, I, I just think we need some clarity for from for all sides really. Adelaide United, let's talk about that. Finally got the monkey off their back. <laughs> and in some style. Broke their 10-game well, yeah. losing streak to the victory with a 4-1 thumping at Amy Park. Great game, I thought. Great atmosphere. You know, again, just shows what a difference an appropriately sized football-specific stadium makes to a game of football. Just great having that pocket of Adelaide fans, banter between the two fans. You know, it just adds that little edge to it that then when you're watching it on TV, you think... I wish I was there. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I think that's that's the litmus test. Is if you ever watch it on Fox Sports and they do a great job, but you go, yeah, I wish I was there. Yeah, that that's the the clincher. And I think also the Sydney game was really good that weekend as well. I think we spoke about it on the fan forum last night. Those sorts of games, that's what it's about. Yeah, and what a surface to play on as well. Yeah, so Trev Adelaide. Um, you know, not secure in second yet because obviously the Mariners are, are still got games in hand and can overtake them, but. You know, they, they've got a big motivation over these last five games to secure that second spot and get the double chance. Yeah, I mean, it's it's as intriguing as the people that are going to sneak into sixth final because that's whoever's going to face off against Brisbane um, for a plate, you know, to host the grand final is going to make a massive difference. Um, who's going to make it, Adelaide or Central Coast? That's that's a difficult call. I, I still have a feeling that despite the games in hand, you know, Adelaide have, have got those three points ahead and they, that might be enough if they can, you know, carry on going in the right direction, mm. which would set up Brisbane-Adelaide, which you'd have to feel they've easily been the two best sides. But it'd be a shame to see Mariners sneak in, even though they've done well too. OK, let's talk about the Mariners. Let's go on to the Mariners. Also, they, uh, last Sunday, they got up 1-0 at home to the Phoenix and then uh, had a, a cracker last night at the Blue Tongue, 3-3 draw with, uh, with Brisbane Raw. Um, now I didn't get to see this because I was on the the, the, the uh, fan forum panel, uh, which unfortunately clashed with this. But by all intents and purposes, from what I read, it was an absolute cracker. Yeah. I watched the goals this morning. Doesn't sound too dull, does it? Yeah, I mean, first versus third, three all. Goals, but a lot more, can you? Yeah, I mean, Brisbane Raw, and they just you just can't beat them. The penalty decision due to that. I, I mean, I was at the fan forum as well, so I haven't seen any of it. Looks like he, to me, he got the ball. Uh, and got a red card for that. It'd be interesting to see whether they appeal that. I think they'd have a pretty good case, to be mm. honest. All right, well, we're moving into the final part of the season. Five, some teams have got four games to go. Some teams have got five games to go. Some teams have got eight games to play. Of course. Which, well, of is, course. which is a little bit <laughs> fast, to be honest. But it'll all come out in a wash. Uh, Gold Coast United are in fourth at the moment, but could end up in second if they're in their games in hand. But there we go. Uh, that's all for part one. We'll be back in part two to look at some of the main news on our site from the Socceroos, A-League and overseas. So join us in part two. The new issue of 442 is on sale now and we look at one of the closest title races in English Premiership history. We speak to Carlos Tevez, Gareth Bale, Frank Lampard, Nani and analyse just how Cesc Fabregas makes Arsenal tick. Also in our site are A-League hotshots Leckie, Cruz, Gite, Brosk and Williams. We go one-on-one with Gus Poirier and Simon Cooper pulls no punches in his piece on where Australia's World Cup bid went wrong. It's on sale now at all good news agents and on the iPad via iTunes. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. 
Welcome back to this week's 442 Insider Podcast. We're going to look at some of the news that's been breaking on our website, au.442.com, this week. Uh, we'll kick off with some Socceroos news. Uh, South Korean manager Cho Kwang Rae said he's planning on exposing Sasolnanovsky's lack of pace. Well, he should know he's his manager a couple of years ago. <laughs> so, um... It's not very nice, really, is it? When, you know, your former boss comes out and says, I know exactly what this guy's... Well, knowing Sasha, if he does play well at the end of the game, you know there'll be a bit of a reaction at the dugout, I'd imagine. But I think India exposed it at one point. I think there's a long ball over the top, and little Sunil Chetri got in between Sasha and the and the keeper. And he recovered and recovered, just but he tackled. did get yeah, caught yeah, out. Uh, yeah. Luckily, we've got Lucas back there who can tidy up all those things. Well, yeah. rapid movement. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, so, I, mean I, I always think you know. Players with points to prove are generally very motivated, and this, to me, it could be a blessing in disguise for the Socceroos because he's going to go out, want, as you say, wanting to prove a point. Yeah. You look at how many players go back to their former teams mm. and score against them. You know, yeah. It's yeah. the one team you can normally guarantee that X players will score against. Um, so hopefully, this is going to focus uh, big Sasha, and he's going to go out there and have a blinder. And yet he added, when it comes to individual duels in the air, we are quite sure we can cope with it as well. So on top of the pace, it's the, he believes he can cope with his uh, aerial strength as well. Yeah. So, look, I, I'm tipping Sasha to be man of the match. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. a good interview with the South Korean manager on our website as well that we got from the Korean version of 442. And he makes some interesting points about um, Australia. And he's quite open, actually, with criticism or you know what he's saying. And he said he watched Australia against Egypt and, and felt that they didn't do enough through the midfield. Like they'd get there and they'd go out to the flanks and then just hoof it up to the to the lone striker. So he's quite open about you know how he thinks he's going to get the better of us. It's going to be a cracking game either way. It's a genuinely yeah, big yeah. game, isn't it? It's yeah. just a game worthy of the final. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, other news: uh, he's not at the Asian Cup, but obviously uh, Mark Bresciano is still very much part of the Socceroos setup. Um, his hopes of a move away from Lazio have taken a bit of a turn for the worst. Um, with generous president saying that he's not going to pursue a loan deal for the Socceroos midfielder. Ado, I mean, he's, you know, we, we sort of had high hopes when he got the move to Lazio, yeah. but it's not really worked for him yeah. again, has it? I just love that quote, uh, but we would not know where to put him. <laughs> the bench, maybe? <laughs> yeah. Is, is Bress Trev someone that the A-League should be targeting? 30? No. You know? Well, yeah, yeah. He's only 30. We, he's... We'd love him to, to have him back. There's, there's no denying that. I'd be very surprised if he'd be willing to. He seems pretty... You know, set on a career in Europe at least for a couple more years. Mm. Um, to come back to the A League at 30 and be a player as good as he was, you know, for the Socceroos and in Europe, um, that would be, a, with all due respect to the A League, a pretty big step backwards, wouldn't it? But Kalina's done it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, Gold Coast, you know, the Gold Coast issues aside, you know, Kalina has come back here playing, starting birth in the Socceroos. But when Cleaner came back, we heard that this was the start of a big avalanche of Socceroos and their prime coming back, and, and no one has it. It's only been Kalina. Okay. And he's, I mean, he really loves Italian football. I mean, he's, he's, he's very settled there. Um, but if he did come back, he, I, I would imagine it would be from a, one of the two Melbourne teams. He's a Melbourne boy. Yeah, he loves yeah, Melbourne. yeah, yeah. So, you know, you'd have to think about how you would Maybe Hart, him. target for Hart to replace Skoko. Yeah. As the market. Possibly, yep. Okay, um, A League news. Let's let's touch on let's talk about last night. It was uh, you know a great initiative from footy fans down under to arrange a, 
a fan forum at Star City last night and invite the likes of ourselves, SBS, Fox Sports, Bozza, uh, Spencer Pryor, Francis Waratifi, Craig Foster, Edwin Lutz from Sydney FC. Heavy hitters there. Yeah. That's it, isn't it? That's it was <laughs> tough getting a word in. <laughs> but, you know, Ado, you were sort of there yeah. observing. Um, what did you think? What did you make of it? You know, it was a good start, I felt. Yeah, you know, you could you could have a fan forum for like 12 hours and you'd still be talking about other issues that you haven't covered. There's so much to cover. I think uh, we only just got a taste of it last night. I mean, I think it went two hours, something like that, and it yeah. just went by in a, in a flash. So it's a great idea. Let's do more of them. Um, but maybe in the future, maybe target them to certain areas yeah. of discussion because literally if it's that wide, you're going to be there all night. Yeah. No, I agree. And, and also, there was probably too many people on the panel. And, and, Possibly. Know, so people didn't get the chance to get their, their points across. Um, but, you know, Edwin, fair play to him. You know, it was obvious being in Sydney and a lot of the stuff that we were talking about with, you know, regarding fan engagement, that, that a lot of it was going to be aimed at him. He took, you know, he didn't shirk any of the issues. He was very open, very honest. And, um, you know, you sort of get the feeling that, that they're, they're getting to grips with things and they're doing and they're doing stuff right. And I think you know now we've talked about yeah you know, he's talked with his interview with you about the fact that you know he's he now believes that Sydney need that little bit of something extra to get bums on seats. And I think you know in season one they had that they had the bling tag they had Dwight York, but they they probably now would agree that they weren't doing the underpinning work in the community yeah. to match that. Now they are doing that. I think they need they need the wave factor back again. Yeah, I mean, I think a good example was Saturday night when they played Gold Coast. Uh, I was a photographer at the Festival of Sydney and I actually was photographing, photographing uh, Arrested Development. And there was about 20,000 fans there. They had 6,000. Yeah. So that was clearly the hottest ticket in the town on the night. And it's only two kilometres away from the stadium. So they lost out big time. I think I totally agree. And I think if you, if you read the website tonight, you'll see an interview with Edwin that I did on top of this interview where you're going to see a little bit of a change in attitude in terms of the way Sydney feel about how they are. And you've seen it in an interview today with the Sydney Morning Herald. Um, you know, they're changing. They're going back. OK. Uh, that's not thunder. I think that's no, someone well, it's, in it's our like car. a train going at the top anyway, of this. Um, Shane Smeltz, he's back, looking to stay. Um, so he's looking for a new contract when his uh, short-term deal with Gold Coast ends. Trev? Yep. Yeah, is, this, is it good to see him back, or is it a concern that... He's gone away and, and not really sort of kicked on and now he's back? Or, or should we just be thankful that a player of his quality, former Johnny Warren medalist, golden boot winner, is back in the A-League? Yeah, it, it is good. it's great to see him back in the A-League. There is that little tinge of you that goes, he was arguably you know, the best player, certainly the best finisher we had in the league, and he's gone and not been a success. Um, it's a little bit of a sobering thought in terms of the quality of you know, the league we're producing. But yeah, it's great to see him back. I was always a, a big fan of him. It's not like he plays for the Socceroos either, is it? So, yeah. so. He's gone to that Bermuda Triangle that is Ginch La Beer League. <laughs> yeah, what was that? Just, <laughs> what is this club all about? <laughs> Ask Nicky Carl about Ginch La Beer League. He, stayed, he played there briefly before he went to England. And, uh, it was the first question, how on earth do you pronounce it? <laughs> <laughs> so what did he have to say? Oh, yeah, I mean, you know, he's a family man, so he's, he's, they were spending a lot of time away from the families in lockdown in camps, I think. Um, 
But I mean, Smeltzy was determined to go overseas. He's come back, I think, with his, the tail between his legs a little bit because he was absolutely determined to go overseas. He's done yeah. the Mark Milligan, isn't yeah. he? <laughs> well, you know, Mark's doing okay in Japan now, but by the congratulations to Mark on his marriage, I should say. Oh, right. Congratulations. Um, yeah. But, yeah, he, he's always wanted to go overseas, and now he's back. So, I mean, what does he want, you know? Okay. Smeltzy, mm. what do you want? Leading us nicely on going overseas... Big Lubo um, has said that his ankle injury isn't as bad as he first thought um, and he's in the right frame of mind to return to European club football. Now, Ada, you're probably closer to Lubo than, than most. I mean, um, you know, has he got anything lined up yet or is he uh, just sort of putting the feelers out there and seeing what's available or has he got something specific that he's heading out there for? Oh, look, there's, 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 there's agents working for him at the moment. Um, he's got a good reputation in Switzerland where he last, I think was his last... Uh, European club um, so I think you'll see him in Europe as of next season um, and at the moment he's just uh, he's still got a, a couple of weeks probably to go with this ankle injury it's not perfect but it's it's close to and is he going to play for the Jets again? I don't think so so even if they make the finals he's not going to play? I, I don't think so no and is that by mutual yeah, look, the, I haven't spoken to Luba in the last few days, but I mean, there was something on. on I got a, a message about perhaps that the contract has been uh, terminated, but that's that's definitely not confirmed. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right. Well, that's uh, Ailey. Let's just touch on a couple of overseas stories. Uh, Lionel Messi um, won the Ballon d'Or uh, at a ceremony in Zurich. Now, it's obviously now at the FIFA Ballon d'Or, which they, I think they've combine the, the, the Ballon d'Or with the FIFA world player. It's FIFA and everything. Um, interestingly, for a FIFA for a FIFA event, they actually um, made the voting transparent. Pity that couldn't do that with a World Cup. But you can actually go on, the, on our Facebook page. I linked to, uh, to where you can actually see that they poll every national team captain, every national team coach, and a media representative from each of the countries of the 200 FIFA countries. So you can actually go and see every single person who they voted for, 3, 2 and 1. It's quite interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not like there's a lot of money involved. This is not like a World Cup bid, is it? I mean, you know, you, yeah, why so. wouldn't you make it transparent? Yeah, it's quite an interesting decision because it's almost a shock decision, even though Messi is clearly the best player in the world by some distance. Because um, in a World Cup year, it normally goes to you know a World Cup winner or someone who'd, who'd had a bigger impact at the World Cup. So um, I think most people expected Javi, Iniesta, or certainly Schneider Iniesta. To, to, to be up there Definitely, as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's probably a little bit of a surprise. Well, like you say, I mean, he, you know, he didn't he didn't set the world alight the World Cup, but he didn't have a bad World no, Cup. You no, know? And, fine. and you know, you look at the fact that he scored sixty goals in two thousand and ten. Yeah. At the highest level possible. He got a hat trick overnight as well. Maybe, you know, I wonder how many times he's going to end up winning it if he's won it in a World Cup. He's only 23. You know, it's like, (laughs) it's quite frightening, you know, what that guy could go on to. Do you remember when he played against the Socceroos, I think, in that friendly in Melbourne? Yeah. I mean, just just seeing him, just. You know, and and I guess, you know, his challenge now is, is. whoever the coach is of Argentina is to go on and, and do it at that level. You know, you'd look that Brazil 2014 is. It's going to be his World Cup to do yeah. what Maradona did in '86, which is you know pretty much take your team to a World Cup by yeah. yourself. You yeah, know? Just have to do an Argentina and Brazil religion. final. What do you reckon? <laughs> How big would that be? <sighs> All right, the final news for our uh, Scouse friends out there: uh, Roy Hodgson. Uh, they finally got their wish, and Hodgson departed the club by mutual consent. And with Kenny Dalglish stepping into the fray um, on a short-term deal at at the moment however uh, 
both parties have left the door open to it being permanent, although he's not really got off to the best of starts with two defeats. Um, they got beaten by Man United in the FA Cup on at the weekend, and they went down overnight to Blackpool. Might have Blackpool, yeah. Um, so it, it looks like you know King Kenny isn't going to be able to come in on wave a magic wand. You know, is he? Do we see him being able to turn it around? His his legend and passion for the club enough? It's like Alan Shearer went at Newcastle when they went down. You know, you, you go to club legends, but are they the right man for the job? For me, there's only one man for the Liverpool job and the Man U job, and that's Jose Mourinho. He's the only man who can do it. He can't else? manage both, eh? They wouldn't let that. I think he could, actually. You can. Not at the same time. He's, he's yeah. good enough to yeah. do both. He could do Monday, time. Tuesday in Manchester <laughs> yeah. and drive down. Um, I mean, unless Dalglish can start clearing from corners and picking up attacking runs from midfield, he, he can't do everything, can but, he? By the way, a set of... You know, younger players, mainly foreign, ha- do not care less about what Kenny Dalglish done for Liverpool, the club before. It makes no difference whatsoever, um, and it's a, almost as bad an appointment as Hodgson was in the first place, which was a it's, stupid it's appointment. Sort of, I mean, for me, it's got echoes of the Mike Ashley, let's bring in Kevin Keegan again. You know, that sort yeah. of you know, he's basically a cheerleader that is that has not managed at the top level for a mm. good period of time. Um, you know, I, I guess the only thing that I can see would be. It does buy them. I can't see them going down. No, no, you know, no. They're, they're not going to go down. I think the fans have written off this season. I think the one thing it will do, though, is make sure that the supporters are behind Liverpool at Anfield. And there were periods when Hodgson was there when they weren't, you know, and mm. they were calling for Dalglish. The supporters have now got what they want, you know, so they're going to now get behind the team, which I think is half the battle, mm-hmm. and then they can reassess at the end of the season. So it, it, it makes sense to me. I, th- I think they need somebody really smart to look at the transfers and get some decent players in and get the right players in. Stop wasting money on terrible wasted. footballers. Oh, how much money have they wasted? It's disgraceful. I saw a funny tweet saying that um, Kenny Dalglish denies that he's out of touch and he's looking forward to knocking, knocking not not in forest, forest off their perch. <laughs> 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 All right, on that note, we will say goodbye for this part and we will be back in section three where I am going to put the guys on the spot for some 2010 awards. So uh, join us after the break and we'll uh, see what the guys make of it. Visit Football Emporium on www.footballemporium.biz to see the largest selection of football merchandise and memorabilia in Australia. A real football shopping experience. Or why not pop in and visit them directly at 139 Victoria Road, Dremoyne. Or simply call them on 1300 Goals to find out what's new in the football world. Back to 442 Insider. Hello, welcome back to this week's 442 Insider podcast. Uh, part three is upon us, and I'm going to put the lads on the spot. Uh, with the with with 2010 awards and 2011 uh, New Year's resolutions or look forward. So, Trev, yes. first challenge, top football moment of 2010. Yep. Um, not a World Cup moment, 28th of April. Any thoughts what that might be? It has to be Barcelona 1, Inter Milan 0, Mourinho running across the pitch, sprinklers on, clashing with the goalkeeper. You know, they'd managed to turn over the team that no one could beat yet. You know, no, no one could stop Barcelona and, you know, he found a way and, you know, he was again the story of, of the year outside of the World Cup and, you know, what he achieved going to another club, getting the treble, then going to Real Madrid and, and that moment, that image of him running across the pitch and the sprinklers on, I think will be replayed for, for many years because he's the best coach in the world and I think a good chance he'll go on to be the greatest coach ever. So, 
One moment. One month after (laughs) that very good football moment, one Mm. month after, in the pouring rain of Chengdu in China, (laughs) Kaya Simon steps up and wins it for Australia (laughs) in the mud and then gets jumped on by her teammates. What a moment. We win the Asian Cup. The Matildas win the Asian Cup. Australia wins its first ever official FIFA tournament. And we do it against the odds away from home against North Korea. Not bad for a Rebel Sport uh, employee, is it? (laughs) Sarah Walsh used to work at Rebel Sport as well. I think they all used to work. Um, Okay, cool. For me, I'm going to go for a World Cup moment. I'm going to go for the moment when lol menio became goal menio. (laughs) Just, you know, the, the world, obviously, Australia's World Cup started in horrific circumstances, but there was that... 10-minute period in the second half against Serbia when it was back to the 2006 feeling when just for a moment, 2-0 up, the, cra- the crowd was just buzzing. That yeah. the, are we, could we do this? Yeah. Could we get four goals? You know, And although Serbia went down the other end of school relatively quickly, so it didn't last for long, that was such a great moment. When that goal went in from that distance, mm-hmm. it was superb. Um, all right. On the other flip side of that, Trev, worst football moment of 2010. Um, A sneaky feeling we might all agree on this. Yeah, mm. is, is it going to be 4-0 Germany? Was the no, most no, no, no. Th- That was kind of my honourable mention, but yeah, the, the worst moment has to be Blatter pulling out that envelope, guitar winning 2022. And it was the worst feeling because it got up, you know, specifically to watch it. And, you know, word had come through that Australia hadn't won it. Um, so we kind of knew that it wasn't going to be Australia coming out. I thought, you know, the US had got it. At least that would be a good trip. But the way it felt when it came out and then you started thinking, oh, you know, that's awful. That's terrible. I've lost all faith in football, all faith in the system. And when can Australia seriously bid for it again? You know, it's not like you get knocked out of a World Cup. It's like, right, okay, well, we can start qualifying soon and get back on. You know, we didn't win that World Cup. And now you're thinking, when can we win it? You know, when are we going to get it again, if ever? Um, so yeah, yeah. by, by a long way that was awful well mine is, is related to that it's probably a, a couple of months I think before that my worst moment of the year was when the Exco members were found to have uh, you know, allegedly taken money uh, for you know and, and suspended as a result so for me that, that's when the soul of football is just sort of ripped out um, and seeing people crying at, at, you know you're talking about when Qatar was pulled out I mean I was at the uh, I was taking photographs down at Darling Harbour or Circular Quay and, you know, to see people crying, you know, Australian fans mm. actually crying, I mean, it really hits home. Okay. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I'd echo that and I think, you know, my, I'm the same. I think my, yeah, obviously the initial disappointment was, oh, Australia haven't got it, but it was more than that. It was the fact of, you know, that it was, for me, it was a, a FIFA sort of, you know, cook up too far. You know, it was the... the all of a sudden it's saying that the technical reports don't matter you know there were big holes in Australia's bid you know and and, you know there's a lot that we can learn from from the approach that we took and how we did it but it was more about the process and does the process of bidding now really count for anything Um, and it wasn't just 2022 but obviously 2018 as well Um, All right, lighter note funniest football moment of 2010 yeah, there's a couple of good YouTube moments. The the guitar striker missing that open goal. The goalkeeper saved when he went off celebrating and spun back into the net. But my my funniest moment has to be Maradona at the World Cup. 
one of the maddest men in football, <laughs> managing a side at the World Cup, him on the sidelines, going crazy, <laughs> hugging everyone. There's that one of those where, where he used to like virtually French kiss each player in the tunnel <laughs> before. And, and there was one moment where, where Tevez, Tevez deliberately gets out <laughs> of it as if to say, get away from me. Yeah. He's like that drunk uncle at the party just <laughs> going around kissing all the girls. And, and I think in terms of you know a specific moment, I love the training one where he lined them all up in the goal and started blasting footballs at them. You know, I but, saw them. Oh, it's just pictures of them flinching as he's like kicking footballs. I mean, he's absolutely mad. So yeah, go Maradona World Cup. I know. Oh, look, I, I think Lampard's goal... At the World Cup was one of the funniest moments. It's oh, just, yeah. I mean, just, just something so blatantly incorrect could happen at that level. Hmm. I mean, we're talking about the Exco members. I mean, at that level, that a goal is so clearly we could see it from twelve thousand kilometres away on our TV screens, and a referee could not, and a linesman could not pick that up. You know, and I think another one just uh, is. I think just hilarious scenes of having a motorcycle event at Newcastle oh. and uh, the game being cancelled. I mean, talk about Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my two. What? Motorbikes on a football pitch? That's not going to... No. Um, right, I'm going to cheat, because I can, because I'm in charge. I'm going to relay a story that I linked on Facebook from last weekend. I'm just going to sneak to Dazden Teller a couple of weeks. And this is a story of two brothers who went up to Sheffield supporting Villa in the FA Cup uh, game at the weekend. As they're walking through a shopping centre in Sheffield, they witness a, a, a mugging, and this old boy gets uh, gets mugged by this guy. Little does the robber know that one of the brothers is an uber marathon runner who was about to go the following week to compete in the Arizona Challenge or something, which is three back-to-back marathons. <laughs> so this guy sets off in his villa gear after this robber. Little does the robber know that this guy could run for about a week without <laughs> pausing for breath. So he finally corners the robber in an alleyway. The, the guy then drops the stuff and pulls a knife and then starts chasing the guy out. But as he comes round, enough time has lapsed that his brother has caught up and lobs a full can of strong <laughs> Hits the robber on the head, who then drops the gear and just does one. They then walk back to the shopping centre with the guys, with the, the old boys' gear, and get a standing ovation for the. It was in the Dudley Tide. It is an absolute cracking story. Yeah, imagine it's the one point you don't want to be like, oh god, this guy's still going. Yeah. If anyone's ever seen the. Batman and Robin episode of yeah, Only Falls and yeah. Horses. It is right. It's pretty much there. that, isn't it? When he turns it is around exactly in that as well. That. Um, all right, 2011 is going to be a very big year for. Insert your Australian player here. I think we might have the same here. Scott McDonald, um, both at club and country level. Um, he's got to break that duck, hasn't he? This year, you know, um, bit of the Asian Cup, or you'd have to think it. It would have to be the Asian Cup, or he's going to Holger's going to go the way that. Pim perhaps went there, feels that he's not cut out for it. Um, club-wise, he's got to carry on scoring um, to, to sort of keep in the focus of Holger at the Socceroos. So, yeah, it is a pivotal year. He's going into that real sort of, you know, peak of a striker's career in his late 20s and he needs to capitalise on it. I know. 2011 is going to be a very big year for... The 2022 Socceroos skipper, Terry Antonis. 
Um, I think when he gets back from injury, you're going to see him play some games in the Champions League. You're then going to see him play in Colombia for the Young Socceroos, and then you're going to see him as a regular next season for Sydney FC. I've seen the future, and it's Terry Antonis. He's, he, I must admit, I'm, I'm not a big fan of, of building up young players because you know, most of them go, you know, it never really happens for him, but I'm genuinely impressed with his technique and how much he wants the ball and what he can do with it. So. And he's so, he's, I think, <clears throat> just turned 17, I think. I'll stand corrected on that. But this kid, I think, will be our skipper in 2022 when we play Lee in Qatar. All right. I've got someone that I think that Terry Antonis should be looking at and going, I want to be where he is in two years. Um, I think 2011 is going to be a very big year for Chris Hurd. Um, who is on the fringes of the Villa team. He's made a few appearances. He's come on against Man United in the centre of midfield. Julier is, you know, trusts him to come on in that. And like, he scored a hat-trick from midfield against Arsenal reserves in a 10-1 thumping this week. And I have to admit, I thought he was a bolter. When I heard there was a bolter in the Socceroos squad, um, I thought it was going to be him, but it turned out to be Kilkenny. But, um, you know, I think he's 19, um, you know, and he is... Playing in the Premier League, you know, he's coming on regularly, he's getting into squads regularly, he's scoring hat-tricks at reserve level against one of the best reserve teams in, out there. Um, so I would say if Terry Antonis in two years' time is where Chris Hurd is right now, he'll be, he'll be on the right track. Um, and it's a name we don't, we don't speak about that often. Um, Although you do look out on the website, we will have an interview with Chris in the next couple of weeks. We're trying to work on that at brilliant. the moment. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Um, also, obviously, let's talk collectively. 2011 is going to be a very big year for the Matildas. Yep. Mm. You know, uh, and we're trying to get. Obviously, Spencer Pryor has just been made uh, yeah. assistant coach of the Matildas. So I was talking to him last night. We're going to try and get him on next week's pod for a chat about the build-up for the World Cup and, and what yeah. the plans are. Um, all right. What's your one football-related <laughs> hope for 2011? Right. I think Ado's going to go for glory in Germany. So I'm going to go for. West Ham League Cup win. Well, it's, your, it's your hope, isn't it? So it's a per, it's a personal yeah, yeah, thing. No, yeah, that's I, all right. I, you know, we, we we've never won the um, we've never won the League Cup in our 115 years of history. Um, I will be on the you know next flight. I can get back to to go and watch the when final. When was the last time you won anything? 1980. 1980. Yeah, yeah Trevor, Trevor Brook in yeah, that's the one. Um, so yeah, it would be massive. You know, massive for us to make a final. I'd probably rather it be Arsenal than Ipswich because I don't want to go on the other side of the world to watch. Ipswich play, um, yeah, just a, a bit of silverware to make up for what you know could end up being a relegation season. Ado, well, I'm hoping for a winter of content, not discontent. Matildas in June, and the young Socceroos at the World Youth Cup in Colombia in July, August. I think they've got a great chance of both of those teams. That's my one hope, my double hope for the for that for the, for this year. Okay. I've, and I've got a very personal one, because obviously I just hope Villa stay up. <laughs> That'll be the first one. Uh, but I think the, the bigger picture one is, you know, I, I hope that, you know, go, going on from last night, and mm. I think there's, there's a lot of people that are, you know, providing constructive criticism for the, for the FFA and for the clubs, and I really hope that they, they're open to it, they listen. Um, they make some smart decisions. They, you know, work with the clubs, and and the start of next season is, you know, is back with a bang, you know, rather than a fizzle. Which Starting is, in October, do you think? Yeah, I think yeah. it will, and I think good. I think it's the good call, good. you know. Um, so I think there's there's enough football as well. I think that's you know with the with the Matildas and the young soccerers. I think there's enough football going on to keep people interested. Yeah. And I think that that opportunity to start in October 
with two or three blockbuster games, with good crowds there, with a lot of media coverage, I think you know I'm really hopeful that that will be a you know season. Well, in six, six it will be our seven. sort of dip yeah. season, yeah. and we come back in season seven and, and really regroup. All right, that's it for uh, section three. We'll be back for the preview section, section four. We're going to look at soccer as we say our career and A League round twenty three. So stay with us. The new issue of 442 is on sale now, and we look at one of the closest title races in English Premiership history. We speak to Carlos Tevez, Gareth Bale, Frank Lampard, Nani, and analyse just how Cesc Fabregas makes Arsenal tick. Also in our site are A-League hotshots Leckie, Cruz, Gite, Brosk and Williams. We go one-on-one with Gus Poirier, and Simon Cooper pulls no punches in his piece on where Australia's World Cup bid went wrong. It's on sale now at all good news agents, and on the iPad via iTunes. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Welcome back to the final part of the first 442 Insider for 2011. Uh, we are going to now preview. Let's start with tomorrow night's blockbuster, Socceroos South Korea. You think this will decide the group um, and topping the group may still be important. Um, most recent meeting was the friendly, 3-1 defeat for the Socceroos. Obviously, different scenario now, different team. Aido, what's your thoughts? Well, it's a neutral venue, so that's going to even things out. We obviously lost in, in Korea. Yeah. Uh, with, without our strongest side, we were absolutely steamrolled, I think, at, uh, on the day. Um, I always tend to think when you get the two strongest teams in the group that, that secretly they'd both be happy with a draw, and I think, I think both teams will be happy. So if it's, if it's a nil-nil or a 1-1 with 10 or 20 to go, I think both sides would probably settle for that. Uh, I think technically they'll probably play that style of football that we won't play which is that short, sharp passing. Uh, but we'll have a little bit more now, so I guess. We've got a very experienced team. I'm tipping a draw. Yeah, I, I think it's a draw, but I think it's a bigger game for the Socceroos than it is South Korea. Because South Korea have, have already navigated past Bahrain. They yeah. know they're going to beat India. But, you know, if Australia lose this game, then they've got, you know, a playoff to make it through yeah, against, against Bahrain. Uh, and, you know, South Korea pick up a point, then they're like, well, OK, we've, we've got India... And they can probably figure out if they, you know, seven, really... Seven points is going to be enough. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but I'm, I'm talking about, like, you know, top in the group. They'll yeah. think, well, we can really go, you know, the same way that the soccer is eased off in the second half. South Korea can go, well, let's go at them and try and get six or seven and top the group on goal difference. So, yeah, it's, it's a much bigger game for the soccer. But I do think it'll be a draw. Um, I think it'll be one all. I mean, personnel-wise, do we see Holger changing anything? It was, you know, it, you'd assume that he'll probably stick with the same starting lineup. Yeah, it, it looks like he's, he's settled on this lineup and the, the subs as well. It looks like he's going to use a similar sort of uh, setup. I, I'm still not 100% con- convinced about Scott McDonald. But you think th- he should be in? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, I, I, ju- I just I would play another striker in, in front of him. But apart from that, I think he's got the squad pretty much right. Um, I think, I'm guessing that he's going to start with Kale and cool again yeah as he did the other night yeah and yeah you know that obviously works against India didn't it it's going to be a totally different proposition against one of the best teams in Asia yeah yeah, um, yeah I mean, I where, where, where's the concern for the Socceroos um, you'd say that you know, you'd probably say that the, the South Korean coach has picked it really it's it, it, you know when the Socceroos have, have been troubled it's teams that you know like Germany that move the ball quickly 
um, through you know, and people run at them through the centre of the defence, runs from deep. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that is the way South Korea play as well. So yeah. you'd say that they, you, you know, that is going to be the concern. Would you agree? I think also maybe down the left hand side of the defence. I'm still not concerned, uh, not convinced. Carney's a great player, but I'm just not sure whether he's the right player. At the moment, got there. a lot of criticism after the India game. Yeah, but there's there's no one else. I mean, yeah, that's the problem. The that's the problem. Now, yeah. yeah, that's the one position where there's no cover. There's yeah. no there's no pressure on that that place. You know, mm. yeah. I, I think there's several issues. I think there's there's pace at the back. I think there's squad depth. I don't think we've got an out and out striker. I think we've yeah. our star players are quite injury prone. And if we lose one, we're going to struggle. Um, yeah, you know, we'll get out of the group. Um, mm. I just feel that if we clash, you know, against South Korea in the final, or we come up against Japan, that um, you know their Asian experience and the fact that we're a little bit in transition, um, they're going to get the better of us. So I don't have massive expectations overall to win it. I, I, you know, I think we can go semis or the final will be a massive achievement, but to to, to win it, I think would be going beyond ourselves. Mm. Okay. All right, well, obviously, uh, running concurrently with the Asian Cup is the A-League. Um, so this weekend, we have got Friday, tomorrow night, Gold Coast United versus North Queensland Fury at Skill Park. Um, local kickoff time, 7.30, 8.30 uh, in Eastern Daylight Saving Time. So, Ado, you'd say this is a home banker? Oh, for sure, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they're, they're coming... They're coming to school. I mean, it's, it's a Queensland derby, but it really doesn't. There's, there's no real vibe in, in terms of a derby. It's just Gold Coast are going to need to win, and I think they're good enough to win at home. And I think Fury right now, as we were saying before, it's tough. It's really tough for them. Mm. Yeah, two 0 Gold Coast um, goal in each half, cruising for a majority of the game. And we'll smelt some pay. As you'd expect on the on Sporting Bet. Um, Gold Coast are very heavy favourites at a dollar forty. North Queensland are eight dollars twenty-five. That's getting like away. Premiership games, isn't it? With the yeah. top teams playing yeah. the bottom and, side. and the draws four dollars twenty-five. So um, it's a brave man that backs against the Gold Coast by the looks of it. Mm. Um, the blockbuster of the of the round, you'd say, is um, well. I mean, you've got the Jets versus the Mariners as well. Yeah, um, huge. Should be a big game there. Uh, but also we've got Sydney versus Melbourne grand final rematch. Sydney going for three straight wins. An understrength victory must get out. Um, Thompson's cruise out. away at the Asian Cup. Yeah. Thompson's still injured. Mm. Um, do we see Sydney continuing the role? They're f- you know, Sporting Bet have gotten favourites, which is I think two dollars. Often do that 30. with home size, don't they? Yeah, two dollars thirty. Yes. Melbourne three bucks and the draw three thirty. Is that right? Or for me, I think Sydney can win this one because being a training and looking the way they're playing right now. They're in a fine nick, I think, and they've got the, the, the formation right, they've got the players right. Melbourne victory struggling a little bit at the moment. I think you'd have to say Sydney be favourites, and I think they'll probably get over the top mm. of victory. But it won't be by much, but I think they'll get over them. Yeah. Do, do we think you stick with the same style? Is Michaela banging down a door for a starting berth? You no, think he'll, no, he'll stay he's... on the bench and come off the bench again? No, mm. he still looks a little short of fitness in training, looking at him yesterday. You got there yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's still, he's still going to need a few, few more weeks, but I think he'll... Why would you, why would you mess around with a... Uh, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, what a difference a year makes. You remember this fixture at the the end of last season, final when game was, of the season. When it, yeah, when up the, uh, the 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 league. Exactly, but I mean, it's every bit as well. Perhaps not every bit as intriguing this season, but it's still a massive, massive game. Yeah. You know, Sydney win and they're you know they're on course to sneak into the finals. Sydney lose, they're gone. You know, Mel- Melbourne yeah. lose and 
you know they're, they're right on the edge as well. So two big rivals. Um, they can really hurt each other. other. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. know, if Melbourne win, you know, and they we, all love and it. we sort of at that part of the season where you probably, I mean, a, a draw is not really going to do either side that no. many favours. Probably Melbourne more than Sydney, yeah. but certainly Sydney, a draw is no good to Sydney now. They need another yeah. win, so it should make for a for an open game, cracking yeah. game. And it was a three-three last time as re- yeah. one of the best yeah. games of the season. Yeah, uh, Perth, Melbourne. Um, Melbourne Heart, that is, on, uh, is that Saturday yet? Saturday at NIB. Um, Glory, $2.15 on Sporting Bet. Melbourne Heart, $3.30. Draw, $3.30. Ado. I can't pick Melbourne Heart these days. I mean, they're in good form, but uh, they don't travel that well all the time. Uh, Glory, look, I just can't pick this one. Yeah, it's really, it's, really difficult to be. It could go either way. Draw, 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 yeah. draw. I think you're going to go draw for that. I mean, Perth, yeah, let, let's just talk very briefly about Perth. You know, a season that started with such promise. Yeah. You know, there they are, 10th. You know, only, only the Fury below them, and we all know the problems that Fury have got. You know, Tony Sage has got to look at this and sort of think, well, you know, have I got the right man in charge? You know, after making the change, it hasn't really had any impact at all. Um, I mean, where where do Perth go from here? Okay. Um, yeah, long hard look at the uh, at the coach and, and where they get their next coach from um, in the close season. You know, every season it's felt like that Perth team's got a little bit better in terms of the players that they've got there and the way they started this season, it was difficult to see how they were going to be outside the top four and now they're you know looking like they're going to end up tenth. Um, yeah, just get the right man in charge. Um, I don't I don't think Ferguson's going to stay. Eh? After this season, do you think? I mean, it's difficult to say. Lightly, isn't it? It can really, but didn't he, oh, he's still classed as the interim coach, isn't he? Mm. Yeah, which That's is a good get-out clause. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. okay um, where were we? So Jets. We got the then we've the got F3. the F three derby. The Jets play host the Mariners, high flying Mariners. Jets, um, you know, had a little bit of a wobble. Had a good run. Um, Sporting bet have this two dollars fifty. Newcastle very slight favourites. Uh, Central Coast two dollars seventy draw three dollars thirty. I can't the other way around. Yeah, I can't see how Jets are favourite for this game. I think Mariners will go there, and I think they'll they might win quite easily. No, no lube by the Jets. Just tap on that and put some money. Yeah, yeah, two seventy for the uh, Central Coast. I think that's a that's a decent bet. Ado, agree with that? Yeah, not entirely. I think I think the Jets a little bit more rested than Central Coast. Um, yeah, no, I, I think Jets can get something out of this. I think it'll be a cracking game yeah. and a great crowd as well. Uh, they've been boosted, their crowds have just been steadily rising in the last sort of month or two, so I think it'll be a great day. And Brisbane Roar's game with Wellington Phoenix has been postponed uh, indefinitely for obvious reasons because of the, uh, the flooding up there in Queensland, which uh, obviously everybody is fully aware of. And our best wishes to uh, everyone in Queensland affected by the floods. Um, I did actually speak to Bruce Dinsdale at Football Queensland uh, today and offered our assistance in any way we possibly can. And uh, he was saying that there is a distinct possibility that in some of the affected areas they won't get to play football at all this season, uh, such as the damage to their pitches and whole clubs will have lost all of their equipment. And then obviously at an individual level, there'll be uh, kids and players that have lost everything in the, from their house. So... Uh, I've offered our assistance to put the word out for people to donate kit. Um, so hopefully within the next seven to ten days, once the waters have receded and they've had a chance to get a grasp on things, we'll be able to make an address available for you to donate any spare kit. Um, at this time of year, obviously, a lot of you will be out there buying new new kit, new boots, and uh, 
consign him perfectly good kit to the bottom of the wardrobe. So he will come up with a very good place for you to uh, help a fellow footballer get back on their feet. So um, we'll keep you posted with that. Trevor, Ado, thank yeah. you very much. Cheers. Thanks everyone for joining us. Uh, that was the first 442 inside of the new year. We'll be back weekly from now on as usual. Welcome back, Simon, our producer. Thanks for twiddling the knobs, and we'll see you all next week. 442 Insider is a Helms Media Solutions production. Visit helms.com.au to find out more about our services.